Welcome to Today on Broadway for Wednesday, May 16th, 2018. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I am Broadway star's James Marino. James, really important question here. Yeah. Y- Yanni or <gasps> No, <Lowell>? stop it. <laughs> What's, what do you got? That's what I was going to do. I was going to blindside you with Yanni versus Laurel. <laughs> nope. Nope. I got it. What do you, what do you hear? Yanni. This is like... I, I I think we're gonna have to end this episode now. You're a loyal you're a Laurel person? Yes, I have ears. Of course it's a Laurel. No, There's it's Yanni. Like, no, it's not your this is awful. Blue or gold? Oh, totally gold. Oh my god. I I honestly don't know if I can continue doing today on Broadway anymore, James. <laughs> can't believe that you pulled that out i was gonna do it to you uh, yeah yeah no. it's clearly laurel um our recent guest adam feldman backs me up on this on twitter he's that's actually where i saw it first he's very adamantly correct that it's laurel <laughs> if people if you don't know what we're talking about you clearly weren't on any t- type of social media or internet on tuesday but much like the gold versus blue dress fiasco from five or four or five years ago there's this audio clip going around and some people when the voice says this word some people hear yanni they're crazy those people with accurate hearing uh, abilities and normal brains hear the word Laurel because that's clearly what's being said. So maybe I'll drop a link in the show notes so you can judge for yourself and either be correct and hear Laurel or be completely 1000% wrong and hear Yanni. Uh, you know, our friend Adam Feldman posted a, a follow-up to this uh, where <laughs> somebody broke down, they posted six or seven yes. links of the different frequencies Yes, I saw. Yeah, the low frequencies for Yanni and the high frequencies of Laurel. I heard. I thought it was the other way around. Yeah, yeah. Either way, yeah. Yeah. So, So, uh, you know, clearly, we're right. All right, from the ears to the feet. (laughs) First up, how is Jim Parsons' foot doing? Uh, well, apparently it's doing well enough for him to get back on stage as he was back in the boys in the band for last night's performance. Before last night's performance, it was a little ambiguous. We weren't exactly sure. A show's rep told us over at Broadway World that Parsons actually sustained a fracture to his foot uh, at, during the curtain call for Sunday's matinee, which we talked about um, on yesterday or on a Monday's episode. Um, he was working with a doctor and trying to return to the show by the end of the week is what we were told originally. Clearly, it happened uh, a lot sooner than anticipated because he was back on last night. One nice little silver lining um, from this unfortunate incident, James, is that it introduced me and a lot of other people to who the uh, the standbys are for this all-star cast. We've talked so much about the great stars in this show. I didn't realize that there's some fairly recognizable theater names and stars that are standing by in the show as well. Standing by for Emery Harold and then Parsons character Michael is the legend of Georgia McBride star Matt McGrath. Also, apparently Kyle Dean Massey is the cover for Cowboy Donald and Larry, a stage and screen star there. Um, Kurt Borel is the standby for Alan and Hank. And Sakal Laidlo is ready to step in for Bernard at a moment's notice. So pretty cool that they've got some pretty you know, sizable talent and the standby rules as well. Now, James, I, I don't know this show or the staging, obviously, um, but clearly Parsons feels well enough to be able to go on um, in a healthy manner with this staging. Obviously, there's not like a bunch of choreo in here, but we wish him the best. And hopefully they don't have to modify things too much. Um, the Boys in the Band just coincidentally opens at the Booth Theater on May 31st. But, James, the question I want to ask you is, 
I know that this show doesn't need any kind of Tony Awards because it's not eligible for anything for a year from now. But do you think the fact that the tour presenters slash Tony voters are in town for the annual road show right this very minute might have anything to do with Parsons trying to rejoin the show so quickly? Or is it just him saying, I know a lot of people are probably coming to see me, so I'm going to get back in as quickly as possible? No, I don't think he cares about the uh, the awards or the tour promoters or anything like that. I think he's just he's all about the fans. Yeah, yeah. I I just thought it was interesting timing. We talked so much with those tour announcements from uh, earlier this week, which we'll get back to later, um, about everything kind of being geared towards these tour presenters, and it just seemed like earlier in the day on Tuesday we were told he'll be in by the by the end of the week, hopefully, and then all of a sudden, boom, he's back in tonight. So just just interesting. Yeah, I mean, if uh, Jim Parsons listens to this podcast, uh, then I just wanted to uh, remind him that our podcast is sponsored by Edelman, Krasen, and Jay, Attorneys at Law, 516-742-9200. Edelman, Krasen, and Jay. Edelman. All right, I don't know what that is, but... <laughs> They're attorneys. <laughs> well, it's, it's like a Salino and Barnes type of thing. <laughs> I, I don't know what that is. Either. Really? Hmm. I wonder yeah. if that's just a New York thing. All right. So uh, next up. So yesterday we heard about stars set for some special events coming up. Yes. Yesterday uh, on Tuesday, we got some big time A-listers announced for a pair of events coming up over the next few months uh, in New York. One actually happens later this week as Cynthia Erivo, Edie Falco, Ian McShane, James Earl Jones, Katie Holmes, Kyle McLaughlin, Lawrence Fishburne, Molly Ringwald and Uzo Aduba will be joining Benedict Cumberbatch. I'm sure I'm going to get messages from our own Julie Musback with all <laughs> odd Benedict Cumberbatch nicknames are coming up. But they'll be joining Doctor Strange himself in Love Letters at Town Hall this Friday and Saturday. There apparently will be additional cast members announced before the performances as well as some surprise guests each night. So that should be exciting. According to press notes, Letters Live, um, did I say Love Letters? It's Letters Live is what it's called. I apologize about that. Letters Live celebrates the enduring power of literary correspondence by inviting brilliant entertainers to perform remarkable and unforgettable letters to a live audience. Tickets start at 60 bucks, and a portion of the proceeds benefit 826NYC and the Entertainment Industry Foundation. That sounds like an incredible event, and I would love to to be uh, in that room where it happens. So, but if anybody does end up going and you're listening, tweet us and let us know over the weekend how it was. The other event, though, as much it doesn't necessarily have all the star power that that letters live thing does, but this one has me really super geeked. Um, it will actually happen on September 24th. Tony winners Neil Patrick Harris, Mary Louise Parker, and Billy Porter will join the original company of the Laramie Project for a 20th anniversary reading of the show in honor of the life and legacy of Matthew Shepard. Additional casting will be announced, and tickets are on sale at LaramieLegacy.org. And if you can't figure out how to spell Laramie, uh, you can just head over to the show notes at Barter Video dot com for a link um this show is not only just such a great piece of of work uh but it's uh, been so instrumental um, from the tectonic theater company and moises kaufman over the years of of, of really doing some really valuable work um uh, in a lot of different arenas over the past two decades so this seems like it's going to be a wonderful event in september both tickets that were uh, set for $60 have been sold. The rest for $10,000 are now available. Nice. 60 bucks, huh? Okay. 60 bucks, yeah. Both of them have been sold. All right. So uh, critics are causing problems on both sides of the 
both sides of the Atlantic, aren't they? Yes. Okay. So first off, I only had one story in this section to start, James, and I added a second one at the last minute. So we'll get to that one. But first, um, I I did a real quick article over at Broadway World yesterday because uh, apparently there was a little bit of a dust up because British theater critic Laura Cressley tweeted the following uh, in response to another tweet. Theater is for you, babe. It's for everyone. If you need to check your phone, go ahead and check it. Don't worry about that self-righteous audience. Don't don't worry about what that self-righteous audience member thinks. That didn't sit well with a lot of self-righteous audience members, (laughs) apparently. Um, You got responses from Jessica Vosk saying, yeah, so if you need to check your phone during a show, stay at home and watch Netflix. XOXO actor person, um, stage and screen star over in the UK, Lizzie Roper said, obvious, I said, you've obviously never performed on stage and had to deal with the distractions of dealing with phones being turned on in the audience. If you don't get the sacred space of the theater, probably best you hang up your critic boots. Our good friend Robbie Rizal said no one paid to be distracted by someone's smartphone, blinding them and taking them out of the world the actors are creating on stage. Somehow we managed to go a century without people needing to check their phone. We can continue that and respectfully waiting until intermission. There were some people um, that stepped up to um, Miss Cressley's defense in this, and I am of the opinion that I do think that theaters and audiences need to adjust with uh, the evolution of technology and its intrusion into every aspect of our lives, certainly. But I also think there's a line. (laughs) There's a difference between, um, you know, having your phone with the brightness turned all the way down, waiting in case you think there might be an emergency and only checking it then, and people just straight up checking their, their Twitter feeds you know, every five minutes during a show. So there needs to be some sort of discernment there and, and maybe more of these relaxed performances where social media and stuff is allowed as opposed to just a normal performance. But uh, definitely people got heated over this one, including Laura Cressley, who got quite perturbed at some of the responses she got, James. So let's uh, break out the Venn diagram here. What do they do at the Masters? Um, people can use their phones uh, all they want. At the, the, the golf, the Masters? Sure. You can, you can have your phones out. But here here's actually the, the best – comparison that I have here, James, for speaking of golf, and that's what made me think of it. In most sports, cheering and yelling and screaming is completely acceptable. There's nothing you can do about it. Even if someone's in the middle of a foul shot, you scream and try to distract them. However, silence has been observed during golf shots for the totality of the history of golf. You don't do that because it's against their rules. It's against the given circumstances of what a golf view or a golf gallery member is supposed to do. Same thing is true, true with theater. Yes, you can use your phones during sporting events. You can use your phone um, during, you know, concerts. You can use your phone at other types of events, even movies if you have to. But the conventions of what a live theatrical performance are dictates that that's not what you do. You get over it. You get used to it. You conform to the environment that you're in. So while I'm totally understanding, I think there needs to be some flexibility on this stuff. I I think the comparison between a golf tee shot and a basketball foul shot probably gives us the best example of how you have to adjust to the situation that you're in, even if you think they're um, there, they correlate in their execution. That's interesting. Uh, I went to the U S open, the golf U S open, uh, mm-hmm. a, a couple of years ago and they confiscated all phones. Really? Yes. 
So I thought was that? Ma- it was uh, Beth Page. Beth Page, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I thought that they did that at the Masters as well. And, they, you know, and also uh, when I go to the U.S. Open at the uh, Tennis Center here in, uh, in New York City, mm-hmm. uh, it, you know, it's very, very quiet and they get very perturbed exactly. for anybody who makes, uh, you know, photographers, the clicking of the shutter of a yeah. camera, the professional photographers, they've thrown them out. All right. Yeah. The, the only reason I thought I, I'm almost positive that they have them at the Masters in most golf tournaments is because you occasionally see Tiger Woods cuss out uh, uh, audience members because yeah. they're on their phones in exactly. his X-Wing. Yeah. So, you know, maybe they hid them somewhere uh, and to avoid <laughs> the searches. All right. Uh, multiple critics injured in the aisles of <laughs> oh, Harry yes. Potter. This is the one that I just saw right before we started. And this comes from Joe Dominowitz over at the New York Daily News. And it's it's funny. But it's really not when you start to get in this. Apparently, in the renovations um, of the Lyric Theater, apparently there's some issues with the center aisle. So much so that Domenowitz, in addition to himself, has three critics on record saying that they fell down and some were actually injured, including 93-year-old critic John Simon. Apparently, he was walking uh, during intermission fell backwards, broke three ribs, and spent multiple weeks in the hospital because he tripped and fell. Um, Another longtime theater journalist uh, told the Daily News, um, I tripped on one of those narrow, shallow steps in the aisle and fell forward. Uh, Dominowitz said that he himself also uh, fell. Terry Teachout said that he he fell, quote, ass over tea kettle uh, in the aisle, aisle, was not injured. Um, the, 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 uh, ambassador theater group, which obviously owns the lyric theater said that they have been aware of one or two falls and they are constantly, uh, uh, evaluating ways to make their theaters safer. Um, man, James, part of me wants to laugh just because it's like, they only quote critics in here. So is it just stodgy old white dudes that are upset about things or is it um a, a, a an actual problem i don't know i don't want anyone to get injured especially a 93 year old you know uh, senior citizen but it's kind of funny i i'd imagine that tonight they're uh, out reprinting all the harry uh, harry potter paraphernalia that says uh now that said harry potter now appearing at the john simon theater Yes. Oh, I think they put a lot of money in that to change it over to the John Simon Theater. Uh, keep, yeah, it's, instead of hashtag keep the secrets, it's hashtag watch the gap or mind the gap or whatever it is. So interesting. When I went to go see Harry Potter, um, they sort of uh, – I I'm trying to think uh, if this was if this was a change from the previous show, which I adored in the in the lyric. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Paramore, <laughs> Paramore, Cirque du Soleil's Paramore. Um, there's a huge aisle, uh, like they removed two or three rows of seats, um, <laughs> about ten or twelve rows in, and we were sitting in the next uh, row, so we had like, you know, ten feet plus of space in front of us for the whole show. And then there was a center aisle that cut down in the ver- in those ten front ro- ten those uh, ten rows that are in the front there. So I, uh, and there was a little bit of a rake there. So I wonder if that's what they're talking about in the center of those first ten rows where there's a, a steeper rake 
uh, going forward to this stage. But yeah, they, they seem to mention some sort of shallow steps. So I don't know if, if it's those annoying half steps in between larger steps. So you don't really see them depending on what the carpet looks like. Um, so I'm not sure. But either way, it's a little it's a little bit funny. It's a little bit of schadenfreude uh, with the critics. But oh, well, well, I hope everybody's OK. Yeah, if Mr. Simon listens to this podcast, I want to remind him that today on Broadway is sponsored by Edelman, Krasin, and Jay, the law <laughs> firm. <laughs> you can reach them at 516-742-9200, Edelman, Krasin, and Jay. And I feel like we get a finder's fee there. Well, sure. All right. Uh, did, any word? Did Jim Parson go see Harry Potter? Oh, maybe. Maybe that's what it is. Hmm. All right, Matt, what else do you have for us today? All right, I've got some stories to send you into your hump day on. First up, joining the Parade of National Tours announced yesterday, Disney Theatrical. Let us know that Frozen will be launching their cross-country trek from Los Angeles' Pantages Theater in the fall of 2019. James, this is very early for Disney to announce a tour, normally, including what they did with Aladdin. They wait almost a full year on Broadway before making the announcement. So um, some people over on the Broadway World message board pointed out that Frozen 2 is scheduled to hit theater uh, movie theaters uh, in uh, the holidays of 2019. So maybe there's a little bit of cross promotion there. Or maybe they listened to our show yesterday and I talked about how many national tours are being launched. <laughs> so they need to get on the, get on the ball and before everything's taken. Yeah. Um, in other news yesterday, Alex Boniello joined the cast of Dear Evan Hansen as Connor Murphy, replacing Mike Feist, who played his final performance on Sunday and playwrights horizons extended Claire Barron's critically exalted play dance nation through June 17th. I'm hoping for another extension week so I can see, it uh, on the 19th or so of June when I'm up there next month. And finally, yesterday we learned that the legally bound couple of Orfe and Andy Carl will host this Sunday's Cheetah Rivera Awards at the NYU Skirball Center. James, we will be talking to our very own Jenna Tessa Fox on Monday night for Tuesday's episode uh, about the event that honors the best in dance and choreography on both stage and screen. If you would like more information on any or all of these stories, please check out the show notes at broadwayradio.com. Wait. Matt, uh, you didn't mention today's most important press release. The uh, producers no, of the stop it. Margaritaville. I'm not, no, I'm not. No, stop it. <laughs> Go ahead. Dumbest press release in the history of press releases. No. Why don't you get us out of here? <laughs> All right. Thank you for listening to today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWW Matt. This is not a jukebox musical. It's a jukebox <laughs> musical. <laughs> and my name is James Reno from BroadwayRadio.com and BroadwayStars.com. Thanks for spending some of your Wednesday with us. And Matt and I will be back and talk with you tomorrow. Tomorrow.